Hi, this is Russell. Welcome to A Life in Music, the podcast dedicated to performers who want to be their very best. I've spent my life working in an industry I love, professionally since the age of eight years old. I love what I do, and I'm still as passionate today as I have ever been. This industry is full of ups and downs, but it's still a wonderful industry, and A Life in Music is here to support performers with interviews from creatives to artists, behind-the-scenes insights, tips and tricks, and as much support as I can give to help you become the very best you can be. Now I've something to ask you. There are three ways in which you can help me reach more people. This not only benefits others, but also gives me the opportunity of getting great content to you. The more listeners I have, the more weight this platform has, and this in turn gives me my opportunities of getting even more great interviews and great content to you. Now firstly, please go to my website at www.alifeinmusic.com and sign up to the newsletter. This means you'll be the first to hear about new content on the site and new podcasts as they become available. There's also some exclusive benefits that come from time to time. Secondly, please review the podcast. This is incredibly important to me. It takes a couple of minutes and if you go onto the website you'll find some very simple instructions. Please leave me a great review. This is the best opportunity for me to get further exposure from iTunes. And thirdly, just spread the word. Tell people about the podcast and the website and get them to have a listen. And finally, thank you so much for listening and thank you for your support. We have listeners from all over the world. This podcast is for you and I do it for no monetary benefit whatsoever. This is my way of sharing my experiences and wisdom from a life in music. And now on to today's show. Well, hello and welcome to A Life in Music with me, Russell Scott. On today's show, I'm interviewing a full-time choir conductor and workshop leader specialising in the world of gospel music. She's worked for over 25 years conducting gospel workshops all over the UK and Europe, as well as Nigeria, Japan, Zimbabwe, Rwanda and the USA. And she is just an inspiration. Uh, she's just fantastic. This was an amazing interview I did, and I'd like to please welcome to the show, Karen Gibson. So good morning, Karen. It's really, really great to have you on the show this morning. Good morning, Russell. Lovely to be with you. How are you doing? Well, so tell me, tell me a little bit about where you're, where you're based and sort of where your sort of home, home life is. Okay, so I live in a little place called Battersea, otherwise known as Catton Junction. And I grew up there, been here many years. I shan't tell you exactly how many, but many years. So <clears throat> I've grown up in this area. And um, the only time I moved out was when I went to live in California for nine months. So, yeah, this is my home. I love it here. It's a great area. I've seen many changes, some great, some not so great. But, yeah, that's me. And your family based, based in that area as well? Were you sort of brought up in that area as a child? I was brought up in this area. My sister got married, moved to Bristol. My mum lives in Mitchell. Not too far. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, did you have a, a very sort of, you know, being in the gospel, in the gospel field, did you have a very religious upbringing? Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm a Pentecostal girl. Um, uh, 
my church is the Church of God of Prophecy. And um, I've been there for many years and still am. Um, so, yes. Yeah. A very, is, is it where it all began? Is that where the sort of music started? Is it, is it a very musical church? Is there, there's a lot of music going on there? Yeah, lots of music. But that's not where the music started for me. I'm actually classically trained. So uh, piano first and then oboe. Well, wow. um, yeah, so uh, kind of started with those, but was always singing, always singing in the church. But what the classical training um, did for me was give me tools with which to, you know, sing with and give me understanding, yeah. understanding of what I was actually doing. Do you think it's a very important uh, factor for, for singers and, and, and leaders to have, to have that classical background, to have that formal training to start with? For gospel musicians or musicians in general? Well, for both, really, because I think it, I, I mean, music, for me, music is music and it's, and it all comes from, from the heart and it comes from the, the spirit and, and, you know, it's what you feel. Um, and I just yeah. wonder what, you know, sometimes, sometimes people say to me, you know, the training is irrelevant. It's what you feel and it's what you give out and you just go and you stand up and sing. And others okay. say, you know, that formal, that formal classical background, that upbringing, that, that training really got me to where, to, to have a, a, a platform to, to create a, a professional life. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't say that the classical uh, training gave me a platform. I think it gave me tools to further my understanding. It's, it's great to have that. It really did help me. But I think I'm with you. I think that it's, it, you know, music comes from here. The music on the page, it, it, it's a guide. Okay? Yeah. To yeah. Actually what we're trying to, you know, communicate. Yeah, but it starts in here. It starts inside of you. Do you that? Do you think that's the case for all music, or do you think gospel music, particularly, is is much more rooted in in the soul? Uh, <clears throat> I don't want to make sweeping statements, but I know that uh, gospel music is very much a music of the spirit because it's a message. It's it's a message. The word gospel means good news, so we're communicating something. A communi we're communicating. Uh, messages of peace and love and hope and faith. These are things that you can't, you can't write them down. You can write down the words. You can't write down the feeling. The feeling's in here. Yeah. So uh, very much so when it comes to singing gospel, I mean, you know, you go to rehearsal and you see people completely taken over, completely taken away, because actually they're so engaged with what they're singing about. And that is not that you can't get that in, in other types of music. It's not at all, that's what I'm saying. But I know that gospel, that's its root. Yeah, and I've seen that myself. I mean, I've, I've walked into, into churches where, where the music has, has taken priority and you can tell that that, that music is part of the religion. It's, it's part of, what the, of the belief. And yeah. I, I'm a big, big uh, fan of, of exactly that, in, of that belief that music is, it, it's a religion really. It's something you believe in, it's what you yeah. think. Um, but interestingly, I, I mean, we, I, I also seen example with, with at the UK Choir Festival, which I produce, which we'll talk about later, because you're, yeah. you're you're coming on board as a workshop leader this year, which is really exciting to us. And that in itself is good news. <laughs> Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. But interestingly, when we've had uh, previous gospel workshops from uh, the likes of people like Basil Mead, um, it, it really has shown that just how deep that music goes into people that perhaps have never done gospel music before and some yeah. are taken over by this whole, this whole feeling, this whole spirituality. You know, it's, it's yeah. amazing. It's really yeah. amazing. So tell us, just about going back to your, to your childhood, were your, your family musical? 
No. If you heard my, my, my dear mother sing, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, she tells me that um, uh, my dad used to play steel pan when um, he's passed now, when he was younger, but he doesn't really talk about that. There was no particular, you know, <clears throat> uh, environment of this mu musical creativity in the home. There was not, not really, just me and my sister. Pat, my mum bought us a toy piano with tap out choruses on that, but there wasn't this, you know, some great legacy of singing and music. No, not in my family. What about, what about, um, where did the, where did the family sort of originate from originally? We're from Guyana, okay. uh, the top of South America, not Ghana, everybody. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and is that a, is it a musical, is it a musical place? I mean, is there a lot of music going on there? Yeah, there's a lot of music. You hear music all the time in the streets, you know, and hear it pumping from people's homes. Yes. I'm trying to find out where it all began. I mean, what, what created this, this feeling that that's what you wanted to do and that's where you're, right. like, you know, where does it start? Where does it stem from? My mum. Now, this is the story that I, I thought that, and I've been telling for years that my mother <laughs> saw some sorts. She bought us a toy piano and we'd, at four and five, we'd tap out these little tunes on the piano. And um, my mother, seeing that we had some sort of prodigious talent, sent us to piano lessons. But no, that's not the reason she wants to get <laughs> out of trouble, she tells me. That's what I found out the other day. So anyway, so she... Did it work? <laughs> Did it work? Yeah, it, it, it worked very well. Uh, we were good girls. Anyway, so, yeah, so it kind of... I can't really say to you, Russell, that I had this dream to be a choir conductor and to be working. I can't say that to you, but I think music chose me. That's what I, that's a term that I coined just this week because I would just like go through doors. This door would open, that door would open. So, you know, we were learning classically and then, you know, my sister started on clarinet. I started on oboe. Our friends started on clarinet, two clarinetists, and another one played bassoon. And we formed a gospel wind quintet. Wow. And yeah, very young. So from about the ages of, I would say, 10 to 17, there were five of us, even maybe even, yeah, no, about that age. And we would go around the churches playing. From there, we went on to form a group, a, a six-piece a cappella girls group. Um, I was the eldest, there were six of us. We'd go around the churches singing. From there, um, I got into choirs, courtesy of a gentleman who's quite well-known in, in gospel and BMC circles. His name is Noel Robinson, and he's a very well-known worship leader. And he got me and my sister into choirs. And it kind of like just spiraled from there. And I just did more and more and more and more. My name got about the place and, you know, openings would come for radio and then TV and, you know, work abroad. It, it really chose me. I never intentionally said, I want to do this. I want to do that. Even teaching music in the school. Somebody said, would you come and do cover? You know, and, and so, it, yeah, it chose me. Yeah, I can I can relate to that a lot. Uh, yeah. Interestingly, and and for actually, I can relate to that in in that I remember having a little tiny little keyboard 
when I was a really very, very young. I mean, I think I was only about three, actually. And I can actually remember this tiny little keyboard sitting on my lap. And I used to play out tunes. Because uh, um, I can still remember being in some kind of baby grow or all in one outfit or something. Wow. <laughs> that, that's but it, wow. But it's, you know, it is amazing that it can stem from something. That, and you, you can be, be literally perhaps born to be on this, this journey. Yes. Um, and again, I didn't, I didn't make that decision to do it. And I haven't made, you know, you, of course you make decisions in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you make them based on something. You don't sort of just sit at the table one right. day. I'm going to do that. I'm yeah. going to be. You're not a wannabe. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to be very real about it. And you've done some incredible things in your life. And we'll talk about those in a minute. But what I'm also interested to ask you is when you talk about choirs, and choirs is obviously something I'm incredibly passionate about. Um, what do you think makes singing in a gospel choir different? Because we, we've got an incredible choral tradition in this country, in the UK. And a lot of it is classical. It's becoming more of a community uh, community thing to do where we're singing lots of different genres of music now as acapellas very in and it's a very exciting place to be in the class in the in the choral world right now but what makes it different to sing in a gospel choir because when you watch a gospel choir they look amazing they look in it they've got this yeah. instant, instant thing that x factor yeah. dare i say that <laughs> term, but, you know, that's what it really is it's not yeah. a tv program it's a it's a something what yeah. do you think that is what is it what makes it different i think it's several things um, obviously the thing about faith, where you are singing out your belief, you are telling your story, you are communicating with God often. Um, the thing <clears throat> actually where you don't, you're not tied necessarily sometimes, but not tied to a sheet of paper where you are watching the dots. So what that means is that it makes you much, I feel, so theory, I'll test it out. I feel that it makes you much more uh, open and aware of what's going on around you when you haven't got your head down uh, like that. Uh, and I think the encouragement to be free, to absolutely, you know, let it all out. And then there's the themes of hope and joy and love, peace, a better tomorrow. It's going to be all right. Yeah. That, that thing there where actually, well, you will know the power of words. Well, there's the power of words and there's the power of music. So, you know, you can, you tell a child enough times, you're not going to amount to good or you can't sing, you can't sing. That child will believe it and it will become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Okay. Yeah. So it's the same with, you know, or, you know, alternately, if you are singing things that are, great you're singing them out into the air you're singing them you, your your ears here your spirit takes it on now the thing with music is that music then it, and this is why i believe you know all sorts sing gospel music what you know all different religious persuasions because then the music actually uh goes straight to the heart you're singing those words you got the music on top goes straight to your heart I'm, I, what I'm interested in as well is, is I, I sang, I, I did some gospel music a long time ago. Now it's very unusual uh, to, for white people to sing gospel music. It is, it is very much black music. And is that, do you think, because of what, what has become from years and years and years of this music in churches? Or do you think it's something that's 
more physiological than that? Is it is it genetic? Is it is it something that that perhaps black people sing in a different way to white people? In the in the, is it a different makeup? I mean, I I really like to understand because I I um I did some gospel music with uh, the Netherlands Radio Choir. Yeah. Uh, in Holland, under the direction of a most amazing guy, Andre Thomas, uh, who yeah. uh, who's based in Florida, um, and it, the sound he got from us was incredible. Yeah. Now it's it's you know uh, Dutch people with a Dutch accent trying to sing English words for a start. That's difficult enough with a dialect. Sure. We also don't perhaps have the makeup to sound like a gospel choir. What makes it different? Mm. What is it? Uh, yeah, that's a really tricky argument and <laughs> one that I don't particularly like to get into. To be fair, yeah. I'm kind of, I, in my heart, I feel I'm on this mission to think because I work and have worked with a lot of white gospel choirs. Yeah, there are plenty of them. Yes, there are, there are plenty. So not, so not so unusual and particularly in um, Europe. Yeah. Yeah, Poland, Czech Republic, France. Belgium, Spain, Italy, it's absolutely blown up. I think it's becoming stereotyped, you see. So I think it, that's what I'm trying to get over is the fact that it's not. It can't anybody right. can think. But right, I right. to understand what is it that, that has made it what it was and is it a physiological thing? <sighs> okay, this is what I would say. I, I believe that everybody is made up of their experiences. Yeah. And I think our experiences affect us far more than we know and I feel that well we know that uh, gospel music comes out of the spirituals which comes from slavery in yep. southern America yeah yeah and I feel that the experience of the slaves impacted everything their music their bodily function if you like how they approach things it would approach that it would sorry impact their singing their voice sound now this is all conjecture so please don't say it's anything scientific of course but, you know you often hear that mourning that deep crying very deep very rich sound from from gospel singers and i and i wonder how much of that is to do with the actual physical burden and pain and trauma that's amazing and actually that is that is just something you i instantly you sort of click and you think yeah, yeah. yeah. you look at also you look at um for example tippets a child of our time mm -hmm. incredible piece that that is interspersed with the negro spirituals yeah. And it's that yeah, they are incredible pieces of music and so powerful. But yeah. that's exactly really the effect that he's trying to get in that piece. Right. I don't know how well you know it, but it, it's you know yeah. I've sung it several times. It's a, it's an amazing thing. Yeah, I don't. I need to uh, revisit it. Yeah, I listened to it a long time ago. Yeah, I'm so immersed in gospel all the time. But yes, um, but yeah. So I, I, I wonder. I, I do wonder. And also, we talk about the sound and that mourning, but also there's, there's a rhythm and the pulse. Yeah. Which is very much uh, an important part of gospel music. Yeah. Why? Because the slaves were coming out of Africa. And what was the main instrument, or one of the main instruments, 
the drums. Yeah. So also, you know, you hear this, but it's very rhythmic, very percussive, the way that we sing. So I, he's got, sorry, no, so no. The, the, you know, the bending and the scooping of the notes, but you've also got that, the rhythm as well. And it's quite profound how something so amazing can come so positive and that creates such well-being and happiness now. Yes. From something so, so bad yes. from times ago. And that's, that's incredible. That is incredible. But also, what I would say, singing is an important release. So it came from something bad but created something good in that it enabled people to tell their story, to cry out to, in, in a way that maybe wasn't too threatening. Yeah. You know, yeah. to the, um, to the oppressors. So it was a, a great release and it's the same today. It's about release. It's about telling the story. You know? And interestingly, it's not an, it's not an aggressive sound. The gospel sound is, is very gentle. I mean, it's very powerful and it's, and it, you know, it's, it's an amazing, amazing thing, especially in, in big volumes of people, but yeah. it's not, it's not an aggressive sound. It is, it is very gentle. No matter how you hear it, it sounds very smooth. Yes. And, 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 and I would say that's, the, that's the approach, the singing approach with the, the, the swelling of the notes, the scoops the you know, the, the kind of momentum, the, that smoothness, particularly in bad ballads. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, well, I think we're in for a real treat at the UK Choir Festival. So let's just talk about that. I'm, I'm thrilled yeah. that you're coming to the Choir Festival this year. Thank you. Uh, to do a gospel workshop. And we are, we've sold out and it's going to be the most amazing thing. We've got 400 people coming. Lovely. Across, uh, something like 27 choirs. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to be an incredible weekend of music making. And, and you're running a workshop for us. What are, you, what are your, without giving too much away, what's your approach to that going to be like? My approach, as it always is, is to uh, give people um, like a, a fast and furious taste of good gospel music, good gospel singing, to give people uh, like a real kind of pop of joy, to give them a, a, an education. It will be short, give them an education. We do this because of this, we do that because of that, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that that's my approach to it's education with inspiration. Yeah. I like that. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so you've had some incredible highlights in your career, and you know, you're probably just in the middle of your career, and and you've had some incredible uh, incredible highlights. Tell I'm not going to list them because I think it's going to be better coming from you. But sort of tell me what what have your highlights been? What have your really big sort of top five highlights been? One of the most important that springs to mind was winning the. Songs of Praise School uh, Competition of the Year. And that was important because it was children. It was because uh, we'd never done anything like that before. Um, it was because they won and were, were not expected to. We were the rank outsiders. And um, because of the experiences that came out of that for the children and for myself. So after that, they got to sing for the Pope. They got to sing for Prince Charles. They went to Buckingham Palace. Mm -hmm. They uh, sung at Westminster Cathedral. They sung for uh, Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speechwriter. These fabulous, you know, opportunities out of that thing. And, you know, it wasn't anything that I ever expected. So that was, that really does bring to mind. It was yeah, an amazing experience for them. Yes, real sister act stuff, I'm telling you. Um, 
Yes, singing for the Queen, sing, uh, the, the gospel proms. I was going to ask you about that, which you did in 2016. What was that like? Yeah. Oh, that was just amazing. It was wonderful to really work with the cream of British gospel and see everybody come together and um, just produce this uh, show of great uh, excellence under the, uh, <clears throat> the guidance of um, Ayo Oyurinde. Really great. Yeah, it's uh, it was it was an incredible thing to watch. Um, oh, you watched? I did. I certainly did. Yeah, it was it was quite it was quite something. What um, what have you done abroad? Because you've done quite a lot. You've worked all over the place, all over the world. Yes, um, so all over Europe. And I mentioned some of those those countries: Poland and France and Belgium, Spain, Italy, Czech Republic, etc. Latvia, where it's beautiful to see gospel just growing, getting so big. I've been to Japan, I've been to Nigeria, worked in America. And uh, the, the joy of gospel, it's, it's universal. And yeah. transcends, as I say, languages and faith and belief systems. And having done all these amazing things, what are your sort of, do you still have a goal? Do you still have a dream of something you'd really absolutely love to do? I'd love to um, put on a school festival, a schools festival. Um, and it's done before, but um, mm -hmm. I just really love working with children. Yeah. And I've seen, you know, behavior turned around, you know, through singing gospel music. And, and that's one of my big dreams. I'd love to open an academy. I'd love to, um, create a resource for gospel choir conductors. Uh, yes. Standing, standing on big stages is wonderful. But I, I love impacting lives. Yeah, you love to inspire. Yeah. I, um, can that. I, can feel, I can feel that just talking to you. Really? Wow. Um, Thank you. Thank I, it's the energy. It's the energy that you have. And I think that's, that's something that comes very naturally. Oh. I don't think it's something you can just say, right, I'm going to inspire people. I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to make people feel that way by doing this. I think it's something that you have, you have within you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, what, what, what do you like to do outside of singing? I mean, you must have other interests or is your life just, is just gospel and that is it. Sometimes it really feels like that. <laughs> I think, you know, I feel like a real gospel head. That's all I do, but I like the movies. Okay. I love spending time with family. I like reading books when I have time. Yeah, yeah that, that's, I like, um, I'm a bit of a foodie. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I love great restaurants. That, that makes me incredibly happy. You and me both. <laughs> it's quite hard, it's quite hard to uh, keep fit and keep the pounds off when you like food so much. Sweetheart. Let's not even talk about it. <laughs> it's quite depressing. <laughs> now, can you give us, uh, give the listeners some sort of tips um, in terms of approaching, approaching gospel music particularly? If, yeah. they, if somebody's never done it, now let's say, you know, at, at, the, at the choir festival coming up, there's going to be plenty of people there that have never sung gospel in their life. Mm -hmm. How do they approach it if they've never done it before? Okay, I'll just say what I always say. I would say, relax, have fun. Trust yourself. If you can't trust yourself, trust me. Okay. And so, uh, you know, I will just say, 
a lot of people they because I like to work orally I like to teach that way a lot of people think that they can't remember the words and the harmonies cut their hands step touch at the same time um, <clears throat> but you learn by doing I'm a big believer in learning by just doing. let's just do it well, it's interesting because there's so many people um, over the last since since we well, since we uh, launched the festival that have said, "Oh, we, can we have the words in advance?" And some of the workshop leaders put things in the program. That's fine, but we we constantly get call outs saying, "Could you put something on an OHP? Just put it on the projector so we can see words." And I refuse blatantly because my my reasoning, and I know I'm not popular for this with the, with the attendees, is my reasoning is that when you're not looking at something so much you'll be concentrating on what you're doing and you'll be working with the workshop leader rather than looking at a screen or looking at a book completely and it's fine to have the words if it's something specific that you need it yeah. in the program and it's hard yeah. to remember but if you're not you've got to concentrate on the workshop not just looking at a screen which is a million miles away sometimes yeah, absolutely and it's you know singing is so much about connection and for me i need my singers to connect with me and what i'm trying to Re release yeah. you know who um and i i just feel that when your head is just you're staying off into this you're not connecting with me or the people around you um and it's so that's so important and also people say they will say i can't remember words but i also think i think everything's doable i think if you exercise that part of your brain enough it shall come to pass. Yeah. I think a lot of people clam up though. I think they get very, very, um, uh, they become very introvert. They become very within themselves. They worry about expression. How do you get over that? Um, I talk a lot about fear. Um, and I, you know, not, you know, long, big speeches, but I'll just say, you know, I, I like to encourage people to try to try a solo. Really, my thing is pushing people right out of the comfort zone. And, oh yes! <laughs> you, and you can see the you know abject terror sometimes in people's eyes, but with a bit of guidance and, and you know a little bit of um, encouragement and showing people that you know it's all right. You're not here to be perfect. Mistakes are okay. I don't mind mistakes. I'm not looking for people to be perfect. I'm looking for people who will just say, I will try. Yeah. And if you don't trust yourself, trust me, I will help you through it. I'm not going to leave you hanging. And that's what excites me. See, that's what excites me about choral conducting. Yeah. and leadership generally is the yeah. fact that you you can I, I like pushing people to the limits i like taking them out of their comfort zone yes and for them to suddenly find they can do something they didn't uh, do wow what my a goodness. it's my, that is magic i tell you where that really works with children yeah i agree, ah, I agree. I, you know and with kids because they're not adults and they don't have so much of the stuff that's holding them back you know they're the innocence, yep. the purity, yep. that thing where they will follow you because they're kids. You know, you could try this and try that. And sometimes I walk into a rehearsal, I'm like, oh, what can I do today with these kids? Yeah. And, you know, because, you know, I'm the teacher and, you know, they're children, I can say, all right, it's your turn to do solo today. 
Yeah. I've had children cry their way through it. Yeah. <laughs> and two, two weeks later, when you ask for that soda, those same ones who cried all the way through are the ones who throw their hands up in the air and say, I want to do it. Because they were given the chance to hear their voice in a public space and embrace the sound of who they are. Because at the end of the day, your voice is you. Because as much as I want to sound like Beyonce, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to sound like Beyonce. I can only sound like Karen. Yeah. So the thing is to get people to hear their voice, embrace their voice in a public space. And when you do that, that's when you get the true gold, the absolute treasure. I agree. I, agree. I, see, it. I see it even, I mean, I've got very young children. I see it in them sometimes. Yeah. Suddenly you see their eyes light up at something and you think, oh, I can do that. Try, have the patience to try. And I think adults think that it's easier for kids and they're too old and they're past it to do this. I totally disagree. It doesn't matter whether you are 20 or 80. Yeah. Still, you still have the power. Absolutely. You may be more scared as you get older because that's that's a natural thing. Yeah. You can still do it. And I love to get that that out of people. Yes. Yeah. That's a a thing of mine. I think I'm a bit known for it. (laughs) But, But also, you know, People, you know, the first thing they'll say, they'll come to a session, you know, as a newbie, first thing they'll say, oh, I can't sing. Yeah. Or are you going to make me sing on my own? Yeah. <laughs> the answer to that is yes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't actually say that to them. I'm like, not today. <laughs> <laughs> Next week. Coming. Towards night, follows day, it's coming. Who have, you, who have been your greatest influencers? Gonna sound really odd, but my mum, my mum, who can't sing <laughs> for toffee, um, because of her passion and her get up and go and get up and let's do this, we're gonna do this. That has really influenced my approach. That thing of we're gonna get it done and we're gonna get it done now really has. Uh, loomed very large in my life and I when I entered those girls for songs of praise I realized I had become my mom to them very much so in the way that you know I would counsel them and encourage them and you know you know outright we're not doing that we're doing it this way now come along but with lots of love yeah that thing of love in singing that for me is key loving on people making them feel known and validated in a place where they could feel very vulnerable. Let's be honest. When you tell people, it's okay, that voice that you got there is fine. You just give it what you got. Yeah. And we're all behind you. And creating a safe environment for singers yeah. so is huge. And that's my, my, my slogan is, is be your very best. And I think it, it, that's what I say to people is I don't care whether you are terrible or great, but as yeah. long as you've given a hundred percent and you are being the very best that you can be, yeah, that's good enough for me. Yes. And that absolutely. should be good enough for you. Yes. Uh, absolutely. What I say, I'm like, you can't actually be anybody else. I'm not going to be Beyonce today. I'm going to be Karen. I can, I've, that's the only choice I've got. To the day I die. So you know, I might as well be the best Karen in it, isn't it? Just be the best Karen. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I think everybody out there should be their best, their best, best. Karen. 
think we should use that. <laughs> Be your best Karen. <laughs> Be your best Karen. Karen Gibson, I can't thank you enough for today. Oh. It's been a fantastic interview, and I'm so excited to have you on board at the Choir Festival. And thank you. can't wait to see the workshop. So thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you for the invitation, Russell. Bless you. You're doing a great, great thing. Well, that's it for today's show. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Don't forget to check out the website at www.alifeinmusic.com. Subscribe to the podcast and please continue to spread the word. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget, be your very best. <laughs>